welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast where we review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. We also discuss everything that goes on in between, some stand and fandom life, and we just generally chat about movies because you know what? That's what makes us happy. Cinema Club 2023 is here and we are here for it. Wednesday, 5th of July 2023. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. Besties! That was a fortnight, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was one hell of a fortnight. There were points in it which weren't the best, but there were also points in it that were absolutely fantastic. So, happy days. We've got through it. I've got through it. We're here. We're going to have fun. So, on this fortnight's episode, this isn't just a normal episode, this is the sixth month review point of the year. Yeah, we're in July, so that means everything up to June has now been kind of like thought about. So, we're going to start off by talking about what my stats are so far for the year and what first time watches I've enjoyed and what I have actually watched for the first time. Then we're going to look at what I've watched in the last fortnight. Then we're going to go through the cinema club for the last six months. Then we're going to look at what you've watched at home and at the cinema for the first fortnight. And then we're going to have a quick run through of the DVDs that I've watched so far this year, which basically consists of the Bond from and Indiana Jones. We don't need to do that now, but we still will. And then we are going to have this fortnight's big review. It's a lot to put into one episode. I'm very sorry. I keep saying that these will get shorter and they just don't and I'm sorry there's stuff I want to do going forward as well and yeah I'm gonna have to think of something because there's something that I want to do soon and I've got to kind of plan it so yeah let's do this shall we let's crack on with an absolutely epic episode of this podcast and we'll get to it I know I'm just adding more onto this podcast for the second that I go through stuff, but I have just booked up my tickets for Oppenheimer. Ah! Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Oh, I didn't realise I could do that. I was looking for what films are out this week other than Indiana Jones, and I thought I'd look at my local cinema and see what was going on, and I saw that you could book tickets to go and see Oppenheimer. And I was like, hmm maybe Cineworld have also got theirs maybe they've just got it because they know they've got one reel of it and they can show it two times a day and I went on to Cineworld and there they all were (laughs) so I am going to see Oppenheimer on the 21st of July at 6pm and I'm probably going to be absolutely starving by the time I get home at like 9 I'm going to have to really think about how I eat that day Um, might be grabbing a quick thing to eat in McDonald's and Henderson Cinema But I really don't care because Oppenheimer, as you will discover in a little bit, is top of my hit list for the year. I'm sorry, Barbie. (laughs) Um, And I'm sorry to all the other 31 films on my list, but a Nolan film is always the most looked forward to film of my year because it's Christopher Nolan. Hashtag in Nolan we trust. So I am beyond excited right now. Problem is, I have to wait 21 days. Well, no, um, 20 days and 22 hours and 
59 minutes. No, 21 hours and 59 minutes. Ah. Oh, it's so close. Nearly there, Christopher. Nearly there, Killian. It's going to be insane. And I, I'm buzzing. There's no other words to explain it. I'm buzzing. It's going to be phenomenal. And three hours worth of trauma and exposition. I'm here for it. So much so. Sorry, that was going off on a tangent. That shouldn't have actually been in this episode. But, you know. Eek! This is, as I said at the start, the sixth monthly halfway point review of the year episode. (sighs) We are now in July and, yeah, stuff's been going on. So I thought I'd let you know where we're at. So this is what we're doing to start with. We're going to run through the figures. As to what I've watched. So for the year 2023. This is all by the way. Thanks to the very lovely people at Letterboxd. This is not sponsored by them. They're just the people that I use to keep track of all my films. And my watch list. And the number of hours that I spend watching films. So yeah. So the total number of films. I have watched this year. Are 182. Yeah. Um. Two of those have been um since the six month cutoff point, um but so it would actually be one hundred and eighty. But that is where we are. That is in total of three hundred and sixty three point seven hours worth of movie watching. Um, that is an average of twenty six a month and six point nine a week. The week I watched the most films in was the week of the um first to the seventh of May, and I watched eleven films that week. That is a very interesting week. Let's actually look at that week. What did I watch? Oh, Obsession, George Foreman, Simpsons movie, Casino Royale, Guardians of the Galaxy, Men in Black, The Dark Knight, Revenge of the Sith, Peter Pan and Wendy, Hunchback and Notch Down, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah, that was a week. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) And what is quite interesting was obviously to start with, I didn't watch any films on Mondays, but obviously I've been playing catch-up since Mondays now for one of my highest days of the week. It's normally, it's pretty average along most from most of them between... Monday is, I've watched 24 films. Tuesdays, I've watched 29. Same for Wednesday. Thursday, 23. Friday, 16, which is actually quite a bit like, really? But I'm guessing a lot of them go into the Sunday one. Sunday I've watched 30 films and no Saturday I've watched 30 films and Sunday I've watched 31 so that's interesting. The first film um that I watched in the year was Till. Um the milestones on my list are that the 50th film I watched of the year was After Sun on February 22nd. The 100th film I watched of the year was Renfield on April 14th and the 150th film I watched of the year, which was actually a TV series, was The Essex Serpent on May the 27th. Um, the genre, because uh, I'm not going to go through what my most watched films are, mainly because they're all things that I'm going to probably talk about this week on review because there's been a lot of duplicates on there this week. Um, Action is my most watched film. I've watched 87 of them. I've watched more more films from the US than anywhere else. And obviously most of the films I've watched have been in the English language. Um, of all the films I've watched, um, 36 of the 182 have been released in the last year. 72 films I've watched for the first time. That includes Cinema Club and First Time Watching, um, which is pretty good. On... 
I have given five stars this year to 50 films in total. And I recently wiped my watch list clear. And this year I've done 65 films off my watch list. My most watched actor this year is Desmond Llewellyn. Because obviously he was Q in Bond. Then it was Lewis Maxwell with 14. Brendan Lee with 11. Judy Dench with 8. Tom Hiddleston. Sean Connery. Walter Gottler and Roger Moore with 7. Harrison Ford, Pedro Pascal and Jeffrey Keane with six. Oscar Isaac, Daniel Craig, Naomi Harris, Robert Brown and Pierce Brosnan with five. And John Reese davis Billy, Bill Thompson, Toby Jones and Tom Hanks with four. Steven Spielberg and John Glenn are my most watched directors. Vote with five each. Then it's Guy Hamilton with four. And there's a large smuttering with five where it goes off with three as it goes off the side of the page. So that's interesting to see there. Um, the highest, uh, the film that I've watched which has the highest average is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which has a score of 4.6. The Bubble is the lowest with a score of 1.8. The most popular film that I've watched according to Letterboxd is Midsummer, And the one that the least people have watched is Fire Meets Gasoline. If you know what that is, well done. So that is what Letterboxd is saying that I've done for the year. It's also busy sitting here busy going like, you've missed out on this film, your friend recommends that one. That's going a little bit too far. My world map isn't as colourful as I'd hope it would be, but we're getting there. We're going to make it a lot more colourful, but that's the case for there. But as far as first time watching films has been for the year, um, the average um, score I give them is 3.7 stars. Which, considering that my um, cinema viewing, I've given an average score of 3.8. means I am pretty consistent above the board, which is pretty good. Um, what has been watched so far, um, I have included some things that aren't appearing on Letterboxd because they're just TV shows and when they do, I just don't include them on here because I think they should do. Um, what I have watched so far, first time watching, has been Drive, Children of Men, The Last of Us, The Italian Job, the National Theatre production of Coriolanus, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, All Quiet on the Western Front, Operation Fortune, Obsession, Fire Meets Gasoline, Scenes from a Marriage, Mandalorian Season 3, House of Dragons Season 1, Diamonds Are Forever, She-Hulk, The Good Nurse, Extraction 2, Circle, The Bubble, Triple Frontier, Cloverfield, The Essex Serpent, My Spy, Unrelated, We Can Be Heroes, Peter Pan and Wendy, The Fifth Wave, Deep Blue Sea, Memory, Elysium, and I am currently watching Secret Invasion. That is 31, if we're including Secret Invasion, first time watching, which is interesting to see. Um, obviously there's some things in here which I absolutely adore and I've rewatched, and there's some things in here um, that I will never speak of ever again but it's been an interesting six months definitely you can tell that from the list of the actors names I go for I wonder who's my highest rated is there anyone that is one off or just standing out or do it no we're still within five yeah, let's just see how that's affected my year overall stats. So I normally just look at the um, year's stats when I do this. I don't look at how it affects um, my overall letterbox stats because as someone that pays for letterbox, I get to actually view all this all the time. Let me just see. Okay. 
Um, so far in my Letterboxd lifetime, I've watched 1,336 films. We'll just be quiet about that. 2,479 hours worth of movies. Mm, yeah. We've still got a way to go. The, the films released in 2022 is now over 100 that I've watched, so that's interesting to see. Um, and that the 1980s on charge. Let's just have scroll down. It's busy saying I've got collections that need completing, but that's because stuff's come out recently where it's been out generally and not at all. Um, what is interesting when you click on here is obviously we've been doing Tom Hiddleston watch-alongs and Tom Hiddleston suddenly leapt up from being early teens to in my top five um, actors and actresses that I've viewed. We'll just do it from reverse upwards. So with 19 films, I've watched Morgan Freeman, Bill Nye, Judy Dench, Chris Hemsworth and Steve Carell. Will Farrell, John Ratzenberger, Dwayne Rock Johnson, Colin Firth, Idris Elba, Willem Dafoe and Toby Jones have seen 21 films of. Tom Hanks I've seen 22. Emma Thompson, Jim Broadbent and Tom Hiddleston I've seen 23. Martin Freeman I've seen 25. Samuel L. Jackson I've seen 26. Matt Damon I've seen 27. And top of the list is Benedict Cumberbatch with 28. He's soon going to be shared with um, Matt Damon because after Oppenheimer that will happen. And let's just have a quick look at who the most... Ah, Steve Spielberg is still the most watched director. Of course he's going to be. Um, but yeah, that's very interesting to see that. I'm not going to go for the averages of everyone. That's something for the year end anyhow. So yeah, that is the sixth month review of what Letterboxd says I've been doing and what's been going on. So hopefully you found some stuff there that you find interesting. I always love going through that. I always try and go through that about once a month. Be like, ooh, ooh, this has changed. Oh, why did that suddenly become popular? Why is this film suddenly picked up 29 stars on it? Yeah, no, it's good. I love it. It's part of what I do for my film thing, so... I love it and I hope that that has told you some interesting things about me and my film viewing habits and yeah, just a general overall view of the six months. It's time for everyone's favourite part of the episode. Although I'm just guessing that. No one's ever told me that it's not, but people always say, I like when you do the rundown. It's very entertaining and interesting, probably because of Girl from Tangents, like I just have. Anyhow... It's time for me to look at what I've been watching in the last two weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen films. And some of them I might not be talking about much detail on because there'll be something at the end as part of the big review. Um, and you should be able to work out what that is pretty early on. Um, the last thing that I talked to you about when I last did run down was that I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark because someone said, ah, you should watch all the indie films again before they all come out again. So that's what I've done. <laughs> um, obviously, last time I did Raiders of the Lost Ark, this, on the 20th, I did The Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, I believe, is the worst of the originals. Um... I just don't like the whole voodoo thing. It's a bit weird. Um, I get it, and I get that it's of the time, of the period. Um, I love that. I love the kid. He's obviously now Oscar winner. Uh, I love that guy. Um, and the elephants, and it's... It's cool. I can see why they turned that and um, Raiders of Lost Ark into the... Um, theme park ride it's a cool thing to do um 
Harrison Ford looks really good in it because um, he shot this for quite a bit of it. Um, I had a friend who actually um, was also watching them all. Um, and she was like, ooh, Harrison Ford. I'm like, love, he's old enough to be your great, great, great grandfather. She's like, I don't care. I'm like, that's a very good point. <laughs> Sorry, girl. <laughs> Sorry, Dexia. Um, but, yeah. So, no, it's it's got its place. It's of its time. Um, but it is, out of the original three, it is the weakest. I get that some people love it because it is going off on its own tangent. It's not all about the Germans and, all, and the wars and things like that. But... Nah, it's my least favourite, I'm sorry to say. I mean, if it's on and there's nothing else on, I'll sit there and go like, you know what, The Temple of Doom's on, I'll watch that. So, now that was good. It was nice to just sit here and watch it and not be distracted by anything. Um, Then I did back-to-back cinema. I went to go and see Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings. Um, which um, looked like it was going to be a rom-com, and I was really worried that at the end of it they'd do one thing. But no, they had the guts to actually tell you a story and make everyone properly learn their life lessons. Everyone learnt their life lessons in this film, um, except two people. Um, but it was good, and it was entertaining. There was a good joke throughout it about the song Man Eater. I loved that. That was clever. There was bits on the beach, and it also um, upped it at uppity people. You, if you have been here, you know that I hate uppity people quite badly. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that I actually sat there and went, no, uppity people that turn up and just assume their own places in the summer, because guess what? I live somewhere which is descended upon in the summer by people that don't live here. I had that at the end of that weekend. I was like, oh, I can't go to my beach because there's hundreds of people here. Yeah, that wasn't so fun. But, no, Jennifer Lawrence gives a good performance. I still can't get my head around the fact that Matthew Broderick's not Ferris Bueller anymore. And, you know, he's in his mid to late 50s. <laughs> Being someone's dad who's a, like a 20-year-old. It's like, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, my head doesn't get around that at all. But it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I enjoyed it. And, yeah, there were good life lessons in there. And everyone learnt their life lessons, which was which was good. Then the next trip to the cinema was to go and see Greatest Days, which is the Take That musical, which um, is the Take That musical. It's got all the music from the, sh- uh, from the band. Um, it does its flashbacks quite well. It actually made me cry, which I was not expecting to be. Um, there's obviously some repressed trauma in there somewhere linked to something which I don't really want to go on about in this podcast because that's not fair on the rest of you. We're not here for the rap this week. But um, that happened. Um, the way that they weren't ever actually called Take That in the film was quite clever. Um, again, I loved how it showed their lives and their parallels and certain attitudes and things like that. And it showed how they learnt their lessons, but they didn't. Um, I also couldn't get my head around the fact that it's the guy from all the nativity films um, was a, a fiancé in it. Uh, I love that dog. That dog was sweet. And it just show, it showed what um, being British kind of is a little bit because it was just going back to you from reminiscing and dressing up and doing this and having one friend that has the judge jokes all the time. That's me. But also when talking about the fact that, well, if you make those friendships and they are strong enough, they will last forever. And going to that pop concert in the 90s, that, oh, 
Yeah. I mean, as someone that only went to my first pop concert in 1999, I, I reminisce with that, but I had a lovely time watching it and my foot tapped throughout and yeah, it was good. Again, much better than it had any right to be, absolutely. I need to apologise for what I watched afterwards. Um, I watched Titanic. You all know exactly why I watched Titanic. And we will leave it at that, other than the fact when they say, you jump, I jump, and I cry. Because I think I've mentioned that quite a bit on here. But you all know why I watched Titanic, and we will leave it at that. Then it was time for some more Indiana Jones, mainly because I forgot that Elton was Sunday and not Saturday. And I was like, ah, I've got to watch films. Uh-oh. Um, so it was time for The Last Crusade. Might not be an unpopular opinion. I'm not sure. The Last Crusade is my favourite Indiana Jones movie. Absolutely. Um, it's the fact that everyone gets to go on the adventure. Um that you have the double cross that you have for a random splinter cell that's trying to save the ground as well. There's lots of chases. Um, Sean Connery is pretty cool as his dad. Um, the test um, to get to the Holy Grail, I mean, obviously, the Holy Grail being one thing and the other. And seeing that guy, but major spoilers if you've not seen The Last Crusade, however, it came out at the same time that I was born, therefore, you should have watched it. Um, if you haven't, I'm so sorry. Why haven't you? I know I've got classic films that I haven't got around to it, but, you know, I expect some spoilers or to when I see something, be like, oh, that means this. Oh, I get that. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, but it, um, when he disintegrates, when he drinks from the wrong cup, that is scary. Um, a kid watching that in the 80s would have probably been hiding, going like, oh, no, what is that? What's going on there? But... It's cool. I love that it's dark. I love the humour in it. Um, and it just, it just works. And the fireplace dash are. Oh, it's just a really good film. <sighs> and also we have the indie at the start of as to where he got his hat and his whip from. That's quite sweet too. That's really good. And yeah, no, it's, it's a good film. Well, it's my favourite Indiana Jones film. Let's not beat around the bush. It is. Um, so I watched that. Then, um, I watched, I was going through Netflix, I was after something that was 90 minutes long, and I watched Circle, which is a Netflix original film from 2005, um, where there's 50 people standing in a circle, and one by one, every two minutes, if they don't vote to kill someone, someone's randomly killed off. And you don't know why they're in the circle, and everyone only knows their names, and why they're there. Um, and what the last thing they was before they did um, and they all have to prove a point as to why they're there and it's this whole moral conversation of does this person live, does this person die what does this one do and yeah it's really interesting and I thought I'd worked out what was going to happen at the end and then a twist happened I was like oh but it was Good. It was also good to see how prejudices about certain people changed. Um, some people volunteered to kill themselves to save others. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, I don't think we actually needed the last part of the film without ruining it for anyone because I know some people haven't seen it. Um, we didn't need that last shot. We could have just done with the person waking up and realizing, oh, oh, okay. We didn't. We just needed them to look. We didn't need to see what they were looking at. Yeah. 
it was much better than all the reviews and everyone said it was going to be. Um, I think the runtime was correct any longer and it would have felt like it was dragging on, especially when one thing happened. But it was it's worth a watch for your moral compass, definitely. Then it was time for the final Indiana Jones film of this batch of Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Um, how they got Kate Blanchett to do it, I have no idea. I can understand why I got Ray Winston to do it as Shayla Booth. And uh, what's her face? Uh, but it's not a very good film. I get that America in the 50s was all obsessed with aliens and the Aztec and Area 51 and the nuclear bomb. Oh, you can survive a nuclear bomb by hiding in a fridge. Someone tell Christopher Nolan that. So close. It's so close. You've just heard me have my mini little wow about it. So, yeah. Um, Harrison Ford is good, but it was clearly made at a time when their legacy sequel thing was starting to get going and people were like, oh, we need to redo this and we let's reboot that. Let's do uh, It was before the House and Mouse got it as well. Um, it's not Harrison Ford's best work. It's not Kate Blanchett's either. And... The points and you just think, oh, they're setting up to do this and they're setting up to do that. And you just think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not worked in the end, has it? No, you failed on that account and you did this one and yeah. Yeah. You know what I feel about alien, alien films. So, yeah. There's a point to it. It's fun. But other than that, Yeah. It was made because they thought we should make another Indiana Jones film because that would bring us in a lot of money, which it did. But it could have been so much better. They could have put much more time and effort into it. Um, then I did the horrible thing of just sitting here once the film had finished and going, let's just see what's on TV. And Hot Fuzz was at the point when they were going to... Um, when he was meeting Peter Ian Staker... Um, to find a swan. Oh, oh, no luck catching them swans then. It's just a one swan, actually. Love that film. I don't need to watch it. I can quote it word for word. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, it was just randomly on TV. So I sat here and I randomly watched it on TV because, you know, that's what you do. Um, then I went to the cinema and I watched Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson film. If someone could tell me what this film was about, I'd really appreciate it. Because to start with, I was like, okay, so this is a love letter to cinema and creating theatre. And the people that work behind the scenes, and there's certain people that would turn up at one point and then the other. Then it becomes a Wes Anderson film. Then it's a play. And then it's actually much more than that. And then it's in the trailer. An alien turns up. I am obsessed with the alien. Because I had no idea who played the alien. I was like, ah! And there was someone else at the end of the movie. I was like, oh my God, they're actually properly in this movie and not just a picture. Holy moly. Um, And it was, I think a second watching will make me love it even more. But from the first watching, I had far too many questions about it. I was just like... Okay, so why did this happen and why did that happen? There was one part of it where we missed part of play to do something else. It's like, hang on. But I wanted to look at that because I wanted to see what was going on there. And it just didn't happen. Was like, oh, okay, we just skipped that bit over. I understand why we did from a poetic license and to prove a point or something. But it was just like, mm. yeah, okay. 
I love Wes Anderson's stories, but it just felt felt like he'd been given everyone plus all of his normal people and just thought, ah, well, now what can I do? Now I've got Tom Hanks. What can I do now? <laughs> now I've got this one. What can I do with them? How am I going to make this person do this or do that? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I will rewatch that. I won't rewatch it at the cinema, but when that's available on Now TV or Netflix or something, I will watch Asteroid City again. I'll give it a proper, oh, it means this or it means that, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to talk about Indiana Jones and Medalla Destiny. It is this fortnight's big review, as you can tell, because I've watched all of Indiana Jones. <sighs> so that's that. Then I was looking for Disney Plus and I was looking for something to watch. And I found Lady and the Tramp on uh, Disney Plus, the original, not the remake. Um, I love the fact it comes up with a warning going, um, inappropriation in this. And yeah, it's bad. Boo, boo, how dare you, Disney, do that in 1955. I haven't watched them do the reworked version. I might do, might do that this week just to, you know, be like, oh, well, this was this and that was that one. So I actually spent a lot more time paying attention to it because I just was going to put it on as background noise because there was a lot of TV that was on on Friday, but I didn't realise it was going to be on on Friday. And I was like, I need something short to watch. So I put that on and I actually really enjoyed it. And, and there were some bits that I forgot and it was nice. I mean, obviously, this is an art, it's a beautiful art, it's iconic. But, yeah, it's a bit weird. But, and other than the really bad bit of inappropriation um, and some stereotyping, it is a bit like, hang on, it could be a lot worse. Disney had made a lot worse back in time, but nah, it's, it was nice. I actually enjoyed rewatching it, so that was something. Um, then Film 4 had been showing all of the Indiana Jones films in one go, um, and Raiders of Lost Ark was on on Saturday while I was finishing my dinner, so I rewatched that again, because it was at that point, so that could be background noise. We'll see what's on next afterwards, and I couldn't find anything else to watch, and uh, uh, so I watched that mainly because afterwards was The Equalizer, pre-Dave, pre-Stabby, um, and it's been, a, I say it's been a little while, apparently I've watched it already once this year, I don't remember that, <laughs> I'm so sorry Denzel, um, so yeah, I watched Denzel beat the crap out of everyone in the Equalizer, and basically beat everyone up in a and q and beat up all those Russians, and take out David Harbour, and it's cool, it is a bit disjointed at points, because it takes a while before you work out, oh he's after these people, and this goes down, da, 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 da. it's like act three is all of that bit, and it's just like, oh, oh okay, um, Whereas Equalizer 2 is much more a whole story. And then you find out about Stabby. And you go, okay, yeah, bad Stabby. Bad Stabby. You're not bad Stabby. I'm sorry. Please, I'll be a sweetheart. (laughs) We'll get to that. Um, I was actually thinking about... This is me going off on tangent, um, but I know some of you will be listening to this for this for this reason. Um, I was thinking about doing that episode soon. Um, I'm now thinking about doing it um at the start of September before Equalizer Three comes out. And I need to check that with people because I'm not sure I'll actually now knowing what I've got going on at weekends, I'm not sure I'll be able to get that episode done um this month, which was what I was originally thinking. But it will be 
soon you'll have you will know when the Dave York episodes happen you will know yeah <sighs> that's it that was everything I watched in the last fortnight Ooh, that didn't take that long it took 18 minutes that's not too bad so hopefully there's some stuff there that you might want to catch in the cinema if not it's basically Indiana Jones is the other option for you to watch um but yeah that is what I've watched in the last fortnight and hopefully that's given you some stuff that you will go watch and enjoy yay it's time for a review for the six months of cinema viewing yes 32 films every year I'll put on the hit list for what I would like to watch in the year and it's very good to say that I am exactly halfway through them. I have done 16 of them. Woohoo! The list consisted of Dungeons and Dragons, Killers of the Flower Moon, Women Talking, Craven the Hunter, Kensuke's Kingdom, Argyle, Elemental, The Strange Way of Life, Fast X, Magic Mike 3, Empire of Light, Ant-Man Quantumania, Next Goal Wins, Tar, Songbirds and Snakes, The Whale, Equalizer 3, Indy 5, A Good Person, Across the Spider-Verse, Guardians Volume 3, Babylon, 65, Barbie, The Little Mermaid, Marcel, Wonka, June, John Wick, The Marvels, Mission Impossible 7 and Oppenheimer. It's a very good list and I'm very glad that I am halfway through it. Should get most of them done. There's two which are a little bit in doubt, which is a bit of a like, ah, actually possibly three. But we will try our best to get them all done. So now what for the cinema viewing for the year so far? Would you like to have a guess as to how many times I've been to the cinema? I'm going to give you about five seconds while I scroll to the bottom. You answered 47. Congratulations. Give yourself 15 popcorn points. <laughs> 47 times I have been to the cinema this year. I am very impressed with that. I have a sub idea about where I think film of year might be going. However, we still have four of my most of my top five films that I want to watch this year still to come. So this is going to change. But, you know, you never know. So this in alphabetical order and numerical order, <laughs> because some of them appeared up top because of the, number, the letters, um, is what I've watched at the cinema this year. I watched 65, 80 Brady, A Man Called Otto, Across the Spider-Verse, After Sun, Air, Hallelujah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, Asteroid City, Babylon, Bo is Afraid, Champions, Cone Cane Bear, Dungeons and Dragons, Empire of Light, Fast X, Big George Foreman, although I've put him down as George on here, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, twice, Greatest Days, Hypnotic, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, brackets Indy 5. John Wick Chapter 4, Knock at the Cabin, The Little Mermaid 2023, twice, Love Again, Megan, Magic Mike The Last Dance, Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, 
Missing. Twice. No hard feelings. Plain. Puss in Boots. Renfield. Shazam. Super Mario Bros. Tar. The Fablemans. The Flash. The Sun. The Whale. Till. The unlikely pilgrimage of Harold Fry. What's love got to do with it? And women talking. There have so far been five films that I have considered golden buzzer worthy. They are The Little Mermaid, Across the Spider-Verse, Missing, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. That's all I can really tell you because I'm looking at this at the moment and at the moment I know what I think is probably going to end up in the top three out of everything that I have, even though there's five films here that have gone buzzers. However, as I said a minute ago, there are four films within my top five that are yet to come out. And I'm hoping that they all live up to being within the top five. Um, The film that is within the top five that I have watched is not, at the moment, in my preliminary top ten in total, which is a bit of a shame. Um, There are two films inside my top ten that have made this list. Um, But it really will be interesting to see where we end up going. Um, So far this year... The average star rating that I've handed cinema films, if my laptop would behave and would do the maths for me, is an average of 3.8. I've handed out a lot of 4.5s and 4s. I've handed out a lot of 4s because there's been a lot of films where I thought, well, actually, and then I've looked back at it and been like, I was lenient to that. That shouldn't have got a 4, I should have got much less. This is the point. You review it when you finish watching the film, you go with that thing and then you go back and you look. But, yeah, there have so far been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films in total that have got five stars. And two of them haven't been selected for Golden Buzzer routine. So I'm being really picky as to what I think is a perfect film this year. And five of them I'm going is mm, really considering for it. But now I have an idea in my head as to where I think that this year is going to end up. Um, I know that there's films that are on this list at the moment that are definitely going to miss off by the end of it. Um, but this is why I'm doing this at this stage. So then I can sit and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. And, well, no, that didn't make it. And, oh, yes, it's this. But, yeah, there are definitely some... There was one film on here which I looked at the name of it. I was like, I saw that film, which is bad at the six month stage that you've already forgotten that you've seen that film. Okay, not for all the right reasons, you know. Um, no offense, I would love to forget that I saw the Flash. <laughs> I can't because it was really quite recent. But you know, there's a film on here that I gave three stars to, and I'm like, what happened in that film? Yeah. Anyhow, that is what I've done with my cinema viewing and the wish list so far for four of the year. We'll hopefully get through it. You never know, but it's been good so far, hasn't it, people? It is time to look at what you've all been watching in the past fortnight. I've just clicked on the actual home streaming chart and it's changed. I'm going to have to speak to my cousin about this. 
because he works for them. So that's very interesting to see. Anyhow, for your home viewing for a week of week of fourteenth to twenty seventh of June, um, because the fourteenth when the chart comes out, they've just changed when it still comes out on the same Wednesday. It's just they've changed the dates of when it's ran for. So at number one on the fourteenth of June was John Wick Chapter Four. Happy days. Two was Shazam Fury of the Gods. Three was Into the Spider-Verse. Four was Super Mario Bros. Five climbing up the charts was 65. Six was Fantastic Beasts. Seven was Top Gun Maverick. Eight was Matilda Musical. Nine was John Wick Chapter 3. And ten was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. I'm just having a quick look to see if anything's new. Heather's the Musical was at number 16. Um, I think that's it for new entries that week. Pearl. Pearl was at number 27. That was the other new entry. So that is interesting to see that that was the case there. For the week, um, up to the 28th of June. And this threw me quite a bit because I'd only just seen this. In fact, I think I'll post a review after it's actually technically been on streaming and done this. Which is one of the reasons why cinema's dying. It's Fast X. Fast X is number one. John Wick Chapter 4 was at two. Super Mario Bros. was at three. Into the Spider-Verse was at four. New entry for the Pope's Exorcist at five. 65 was at six. Shazam Fury of the Gods dropped to seven. Um, Jurassic World Dominion was at eight. Top Gun Maverick was at nine. And Matilda the Musical was at ten. The Demon Black was at number 11. I'm going to keep quiet about this because Titanic was at 12, which... We've already talked about. Um, there was missing was the other next high new entry, which obviously I keep telling you all to watch. And the fact that it's ended up in the cyber top thirty is quite good. That was at number twenty seven. So happy days there. I'm glad that some of you have seen that finally, which is good. And now, if it would work, why is this not working? Hmm. Hang on two seconds, because my normal place where I get my, what's it, chart? No, they are the correct dates. Hmm. Very weird. Just hang on two seconds while everything downloads again. should never have removed that. There we go. This, this is the issue. If someone wants to buy me a new laptop, I would really appreciate it. My laptop's old. My laptop is at least, me and my sister did maths the other day, at least five years old. Um, and it did one of the lockdowns entirely plus all the Zooming. So it's working like it's an eight-year-old laptop. <laughs> Bless it. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Where are we? So that was that week and that's this week. There we go. Sorry about that. Thank you all for... Um, bothering to sit there and be like oh yeah that's working that's why because something threw me i was like that can't be right anyhow for the weekend <laughs> you didn't need that one minute delay but it shows you how crazy this is and how weird things go for me so you know for the week of the 16th of 18th of um june for weekend even uh flash was number one at the uk box office it took 4.2 million pounds Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was at 2 and that took 2.6. The Little Mermaid was at 3 and that took 1.3. Transformers Rise of the Beast was at 4 and that took 1.1. Four films, all taken over a million. Happy days. And it was boiling that week. It was so hot. So everyone did 
hide in the cinema for Aircon. Happy days. Five was greatest days um, with 500,000. Six was Adjipersh. I've mispronounced that. I'm sorry, I'm about to 252,000 at six. That's important because at seven was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and that took 251,000. Fast X took 208,000 at eight. The Boogeyman took 139,000 at nine. And Super Mario Bros. took 93,000 at ten. Um, no one near me did this. I would have gone. Um, they re-released Fleabag in the f- cinemas from the National Fiesta um, thing that she did a couple of years ago. And that took 86,000. <sighs> to look more at my local cinemas and see what they're doing for there because i keep missing out on things like this it's not good oh well then for the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th this is why it threw me spider-man across the spider-verse let back up to number one i know <laughs> that's why it threw me that's why i thought it was the wrong week that's why i reset it all and it took a while to download you had a minute of me blabbering on trying to fill the gap while it was all reloading again yeah, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse went back to number one, and that took 1.9 million. And The Flash was at two, and that took 1.3 million. No Hard Feelings was at three, and that took 1,181,383 pounds. There's a reason for that. Four, Asteroid City, the Avenue entry, took 1,176,972 pounds. At five was The Little Mermaid, which took 1,088,803. That's five films all taken over a million, and three which are within 100,000 of each other. Ah, yeah, that's insane. Well done, people. Thank you for going and supporting your cinema. Um, especially when it has been so warm and so lovely and, you know, you want to go to the beach, you want to go out and see people. But you've all obviously gone, it's too hot, we need aircon. And as someone, this was not meant to turn into a, oh my God, my cinema might be going bust moment. But this has now turned into a, oh my God, my cinema might be going bust moment. <sighs> Thank you, because I've actually convinced people in the last fortnight to get Cine World cards. Um, and they are struggling at the moment and every single time someone like you goes to the cinema who is actually paying money and not paying in advance it makes us that do pay in advance go this is all right our cinema might stay open happy days ah, sorry tangent over but you know that's just the way of cookie crumble sometimes you just gotta do it six was transformers rise of the beast and that took seven hundred eighty nine thousand. Greatest Days was at 7, taking 195,501. Guess what's happening? 8 was Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which took 195,355. 150 pounds between those two. Whoa. Um, Fast X was at 9, taking 128,000. And The Boogeyman was at 10, taking 112,000. That is very interesting to see. <sighs> Sorry, was not meant to go off on a tangent about saving cinema, but I love cinema, so that's why I want it saved. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been very interesting. So I'd like to thank you all for your continued support of the summer box office. Um, and I'd like to thank you all for watching Spider-Man and Spider-Verse, The Flash. I don't know why you watched that, because I don't know why I watched that. Um, and everything else that came out in the last um, couple of weeks. 
And then obviously your home viewing, which is again Fast X, Super Mario Bros, um, John Wick. And that's about it, really. Maybe a bit of Shazam every now and then. But yeah, that's what you've watched at home at Cinema in the last fortnight. Hopefully, there's some stuff that you either want to still go and see at Cinema. Although, obviously, we're now giving up for the proper um, month because July it all kicks off. Um, and after that, it all goes a bit like, ah! um, uh, there's probably some films there that you've seen, you've seen multiple times or you want to see again when you get them on streaming or DVD. So yeah, that's what you've been watching at home and at the cinema. Happy days. Cheers, peoples. This is the last part of the sixth monthly, um, film review that I do um we've done the overall we've done the first time watches we've done cinema club and as we've probably just spoken about um what you've been watching at home and at the cinema maybe it's best to tell you what dvds I've seen because let's be honest this will not actually take that long but you'll be sitting there going really oh wow so there's been a few <laughs> 38 dvds I've watched this year and people say physical media is dead no, it's not. And you're going to know what 25 of them are, aren't you? Let's go. Doctor No from Russia with Love. Goldfinger. Thunderball. You Only Live Twice. Peter Pan. Hot Fuzz. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Diamonds Are Forever. Live and Let Die. The Man with a Golden Gun. The Spy Who Loved Me. Moonraker. For Your Eyes Only. The Hunger Games, Octopussy, it's a view to a kill. Living Daylights, Attack of the Clones, Licensed Kill, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Die Another Day, Casino Royale, Revenge of the Sith, Quantum of Solace, Inception, Skyfall, Spectre, Midsummer. No Time to Die, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that's very interesting. Obviously, this has been filled with the Bondathon, and I had no intention of doing an Indiana Jonesathon, um, which I will talk to you about in a minute. Um, but I did that as well, and that was all very interesting to see and do. And yeah, that's. That's what I've watched DVD-wise. I can't go through all of them. Oh, I watched Lady and Tramp on this day. Oh, oh, I watched The Simpsons movie on that day. And Oh, I did... Yeah, we'll be here forever if I did it fully like that. But 38 in total is pretty good for this point of year. I mean, Cinema Club's got 44. <laughs> and the first time watching this has got 27. Obviously, some things from the first time watching this do um, cover within the um dvd list um but no i'm impressed that that's been the case that means i've done a good job it means i got through the bondophone quickly probably a little bit too quickly but nah it's been good i've enjoyed watching all these films so yeah maybe there was a name there that i said randomly that you've suddenly been like oh yeah maybe i will watch that or you know this is the point. This is why I do this. Just in case you suddenly think, you know what? I am going to watch all the Indiana Jones films. Like, people, I know there's a lot of people this week that are going to binge all the Mission Impossible films. I can't do that. I haven't got the time. 
I wouldn't. I I have too much Mission Impossible after doing Indian after doing Bond. I mean, doing indie, I would have Mission Impossible fatigue by the time I got to that, and I would just get to that cinema and be like, ah, so I can't do it. I might watch Fallout again just because Mission Impossible Fallout is so good. I might save that for Tuesday. Yeah, might need a Tuesday. Anyhow, I'm digressing. That's what I've watched on DVD this year. And hopefully you've seen something there that's made you go, hmm, maybe I will do that. Maybe you'll try your own a-thon or marathon of watching everything. You never know. Yeah. It is time for this fortnight's big review, which is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Um, I had no idea we got it well in advance of America. That was quite nice. Um, America got it Saturday and we got it Wednesday. <laughs> I had people messaging me on Thursday, basically going, like, what do you mean you're going to see Indiana Jones today? I'm like, well, it opened yesterday. We're like, so what? I'm like, yeah. I've managed to avoid spoilers for that long. We're like, oh, well, we don't get it till Saturday. I was like, well, that's why I've avoided spoilers. <laughs> so that was quite good to know. Um, so, yeah, I went and saw Indy. And I had a lovely time watching Indy. Um, it was good. It was fun. Um, it was one of the best uses so far of de-aging. Um, the opening um, is back around the period um, of um, The Last Crusade. And if you'd told me that that was filmed in 2023 and The Last Crusade was filmed, well, 2023 ish um and that the last crusade was filmed um in the 1980s i was sat like that is the same man he's not aged it was so good um so that was that um harrison falls looked after himself really well um he does quite a bit of just jumping about and doing stuff all over the place and he's busy climbing up in fact one point he goes like my back's killing me and he's like ha ha yeah i get that um not i get that but he gets that because he's in his 80s um it's his birthday in a couple of days time he'll be 81 oh my god he's still doing that 81 i sometimes barely get out of bed i'm 33 <sighs> but i love that there's little mentions to the past especially um in at the start of act three where he's talking about the Oh, there was the Ark of the Covenant, and I drank the blood. And there's one point where it goes, where someone goes, "Well, where does it hurt?" And they go here, and they put it their elbow. Um, it does also reference um crystal skulls because it mentions his wife, and the fact that he had to swap um universities, um, and a couple of other things that went on. Oh, and drinking the blood from the Temple of Doom, um. But no, he goes through everything that happens. And it's really good. Um, it felt like a proper old school indie adventure, so much so that when it did go a bit like, oh, okay, that's gone here and that's gone there, you're like, oh, that does actually make sense. I, I, I go with that. We didn't just do it for the sake of it. It made sense for the story. Um, not once in the cinema did I sit there and go, I've met Mads, <laughs> which I'm very proud of. But yeah, no, I liked that. That was very Mads was good Mads is always good <laughs> that's why I met him because I told him thank you for helping make me the film nerd that I am because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's part of the reason why I'm obsessed with movies um, as a 
teenager watching Casino Royale was very much put in my mind that that's what villains should be now. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was really good um, as the goddaughter. Uh, but there were a couple of points where certain things happened and she said certain things. And I'm not sure if this relates to the rest of the world, but here she is best known for being a fleabag where she breaks the fourth wall. And there's a point in it where there's a rather handsome guy and he's putting on a wetsuit and she goes like, oh, I'm just, and she kind of like pauses and does that. And I'm just waiting for her to turn to the camera and be like, yeah, we're having a go on that. Or go, his neck, or his abs, or tummy, or, you know. <laughs> or fingers. Yeah, something like that. But no, she didn't. And there was three different points where that could have easily been the broken wall. Broken the fourth wall. And she doesn't. And I was a bit like, <sighs> That's how good she is in the flea bag. She made me want that in an Indiana Jones film. But he just... It works. Um, the whole it's moon, it's the day of moon landings and the parade, and that that escape from the university, and through the parade and into the subway, is really clever. Um, it shows all sorts of different things and how he gets in and out of it. Um, obviously Boyd's in that, and if you think, yeah, no, that's that's good. Um. There was some of that I had no idea was in the film, so I'm not actually going to mention them in it, but they turn up for 25 minutes. And when they turn up, I went, no way! They're in this? What the... Huh? But I was not expecting them. And okay, they're only in it for 25 minutes. But I was like, oh my God. I actually mentioned someone afterwards. I'm like, well, I knew I was in that. I was like, oh, I had no idea. It's been left out of all information over here. I went, well, it is. I'm like, well, okay. That's good. Um... I also um love the fact um as someone else brought this up when I was chatting to them that uh in uh there's a point where uh she mentions to Wendy why would when he says something about um following her dad's dream who was played by Toby Jones and um she's like well wouldn't you which was basically what she he did for his dad in the Last Crusade which is probably why this resonates a little bit more um but. I like that throwback because it was more of a case of, like, yeah, that's the case. I, when I watched that, I was like, yeah, that's true. But someone else then pointed it out when I was asking them, what did you think? Um, but overall, it is such a fun film. It's not the best Indiana Jones film. Um, it ends in a really good way. You feel fulfilled. Um, especially when you think you might not be and you might get one ending, but when you end up getting another, you just think, no, actually, that does work. Um, the actual finding of Badal is interesting. It's a lot. <laughs> to quote Ryan Reynolds, we're looking for a big box, Mark McGuffin. Problem is, we're after three big boxes, Mark McGuffin. <laughs> to then make the McGuffin, to then get the McGuffin to get us to where we're going. So, yeah, that's what we need to do. But it was, it was fun. It was sweet. It felt like it belonged with the original trilogy, um, much more than Kingdom of Crystal Skull. And that's only after one watching. It's not after multiples, and it just, it felt right. Um, it felt family. It felt connected. Um. I like that it didn't reveal certain things until certain points. We also had a couple of flashback scenes, which were quite cool. 
um, halfway through, um, which didn't feel out of place. It was to help with the ex- exhibition, exposition um, as to what was going on. Um, it was a silent auction, that was cool. And it was a big race with a tuk-tuk, which went on for ages, which I loved. It was my favourite scene of the film. That chase was... Oh. See, I love all the, like, finding the tombs and finding this and finding that. Oh, and mentioning that the eels look like snakes. <laughs> I don't know, I'll chuckle at that. But it just felt the correct send-off. It was made as a thank you for Harrison Ford for all of his time and effort with Lucasfilm and with Indy and with Han. And it just, it was the send-off that he needed. And I'm glad he's got it. I'm glad it wasn't just with Kingdom of Christmas Skull. And people will look back at this in years to come and will go, yeah, that was a good farewell. That was a fun, proper family popcorn film. Um, gets dark at points, but isn't as in the story, but it gets dark because it needs to, not just for the sake of it or for the horror values. Um, it is a solid story and it is well acted. And every single time that score kicks in, it goes, da, 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 you're sold. Absolutely, every single time, da, 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 da. and every time that whip comes out of a hat, it's just like, yeah, it just works and it is fun and it is enjoyable. And anyone that says, Oh, I didn't enjoy that, or I didn't get this, don't listen to them because if you love Indiana Jones or if you vaguely like him a little bit, you will really enjoy this film because what's not to not like? Um, yeah. There you go. That is what I think of Indiana Jones and Madonna Destiny. It's actually quite nice to actually talk about it for once because usually you get to films like this and you can't do it. But because there's so many throwbacks to previous films, you can talk a bit more about it without ruining it. Um, so, yeah, that is what I think about Indiana Jones and Madonna Destiny. I hope you've all gone and seen it or you've all seen it yesterday because yesterday was the 4th of July for all of you. It's not for me. I'm not there yet. But I hope you've all watched it over your long weekend and all had a brilliant time watching it. And, yeah, Indy is on form and it's a fitting farewell for both the character and Harrison Ford. And it's just super cool and super fun. Go watch Madonna Destiny. That is that for this fortnight's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. It's always really appreciated that you sit here and you give up time to listen to me because I do go off on tangents. I know I've gone off on a couple today. <laughs> Especially that I've saved my cinema one. Well, you've saved my cinema, so thank you. Um, the next episode will be the 19th of July. That feels like it's a long time off, but... It'll be good. Um, also planning something to happen shortly after that little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but until then, you know where to find me. It is popcornforone.co.uk for the actual blog in its entirety. And it's popcorn underscore four underscore one on Instagram, Letterboxd, and hopefully Twitter. <laughs> I say that mainly because it's currently Sunday and I've got my feedback. Um, you've all sat there all weekend busy like, why can't I message people on Twitter? What's going on, Elon? What is going on, Elon? You know. But until then, besties, 
look after yourselves, be good to one another, and the rest will take care of itself. And I will speak to you all on the 19th. I love you and take care. Bye.